knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This episode is brought to you by treeharmony.com. Do you know a couple of aspens that would be perfect for each other, but they live a forest apart? Treeharmony uses 84 data points that will help shy shrubs branch out and find their chlorophyll companion. Don't leaf Lonely Trees Behind with TreeHarmony.com. What's going on, B&B? This is Derek, and with me today on the only podcast where you can learn a little, you can laugh a little, we're going to be talking with the man, the only man, who has chafing so bad he has to carry sticks of butter in his pockets on every trip he goes on, Carl the man dream. yes yes here he is he's back he's, he's back. here <laughs> i pulled him back in <laughs> he couldn't take it he's like this is the end of season four i can't right. take anymore i said no we will finish this it's not the strong. end yet my friend we're, we're, we're moving towards the end we're not there yet we're getting there and yeah. who do i speak of this is derek somerville a man who asked what the beaver said to the tree and the beaver replied it's been nice gnawing you wow wow i don't even wow did you get that out like a children's joke book? What is is that? Like, in, like <laughs> I saw like on the Ralph's, uh, you know, book section. <laughs> you and Ralph's. Nobody knows your local grocery Ralph's store because not everybody lives in Southern California. Kroger, Ralph's, same thing. Okay. Derek, my friend, I I want to bring something up today before we jump in that has really nothing to do with this episode, but kind of is more about podcasts in general. What yeah. app do you use for the most part to listen to podcasts? For me, I use the Apple Podcast app. Um, yes. That's the main one Yes, for a me. lot of people do. Or, you yep. know, I know a lot of people use Spotify and things like that. So. They do. That was my question, but thank but you. I so on the Apple Podcast app, they recently had an update. Did you, did yours update? Uh, no. Well, actually, I might have actually take that back. I think it just updated right now, but I haven't, I haven't read the. Like literally right now, as we're talking. Literally before we go right. on, I updated all that stuff. So if. I bet there's a lot of folks out there with me. Uh, the Apple Podcast app happens to be the one that we get the most downloads from compared to any other app. And it had an update yeah. recently 
And I know, you know, like old cranky people are like, ah, you changed my app and like now I got to go find where this and that is. And so this is not one of those rants. The Apple Podcast app legit like wrecked the app. Mm, What? So just just a warning out there. Yeah. So and this is going to, I think, drop downloads probably for most podcasts, especially, you know, humble, small ones like ours. But yeah. So do you subscribe to every single podcast you listen to? No. Yeah, neither do I. So there's like a radio show I like to listen to. They release three episodes a day. I'm not listening to three a day. I don't want them like automatically downloading, right? Right, right. Any podcast you don't subscribe to will not show up on your your library anymore. Really? Yeah, and there's no other place on the app anywhere. You have to like research it to download individual episodes. So So there's no like there's no like recent search history area. Right. There's none of that. No, they just disappeared. They disappeared. Unacceptable. So Thank you for those that actually are using the Apple app and have subscribed to us. We really appreciate that. But just a warning for any other shows you listen to out there that, I don't know, I'm actually looking at transitioning to the Podbean app at this point. Mm, okay. And I, I asked Apple about it yeah. because they were having some other issues with our podcast where they weren't including our links yeah. like in our show yeah. notes. And Big surprise. they didn't respond. Big surprise. Yeah. That's so. a bummer. What a bummer. Right. Yeah. So just kind of be aware of that. Just wanted to point that out because i love that was one of the main reasons why i got an iphone was because i like that app a lot well yeah so, so yeah. easy it yeah, used it to be so anyway that was kind of a side note i just wanted to bring that up because that bothered me a lot this week i can tell i can tell it's still wearing on you so yeah. anyway getting on to the main part of the episode the meaty part of the episode here the we had yes. a guest on kevin outdoors for the second time yeah hmm yeah, 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 we're gonna uh, we're gonna unpack, Ooh. not deep dive yeah. uh, into this uh, episode. Strap so. on our aqua clips. Strap on the aqua yeah. and uh, let's buckle up. We're not. I'm I'm ready. Yeah. So Kevin Outdoors, you know, convenient last name. If you could like rename yourself, you know, so that your last name mm. went with an activity that you mm. like, kind of represented you. Would you be like Derek? part-time vegan part-time vegan that's funny that's 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 funny uh no i'd be i would is it was it accurate right i would be no that's not accurate i would be uh i'd probably be like derek zipline or or derek <laughs> freefall skydive <laughs> would you be like carl spelunker or what, what would you be as far as <laughs> of all the things you do that's what you chose that's so zipline ridiculous oh, yeah. oh my gosh derek ropes course somerville you know so you're not a part-time vegan is what you're saying you're going back to the vegan thing, okay? I don't know how else to describe you. What do you? Are you a full time? What, what vegan? do you want? What? No. The, what do you want me to say? D- I did a vegan challenge. Yeah, I remember that. Do, do we need to clarify? No, this no, again? no. But then you said you still eat vegan most of the time. You, you use that phrase. I I eat plant most based. Of the time. I eat so plant based. That's part time yeah. vegan. I'd say a major. I'd say like ninety percent of the time. And then you know you have some cheat days and you like you know have something else. Yeah. But. So how is that not a part time vegan? Because part time to me would be far less than ninety percent of the time. Like it's, I commit to doing oh, okay. it daily. So you're mostly vegan. <laughs> <laughs> you're exhausting. You know that. I'm just trying to clarify. Uh, I don't know if I'd call it vegan. I, I think it's just kind of cutting carbs, cutting sugars, eating plant based. Okay. But do I throw gotcha. in a little cookie or a little brownie every now and then? For sure. Do I put a little, little chicken here and there? Sure. Why not? Okay. Yeah. All right. Just clarifying. And you are you? What are you like? A processed vegetarian? Processed food vegetarian? <laughs> or what? What are we? Fast food vegetarian? Or 
<laughs> fast food Ta- Italian. Taco Bell Italian. What I would call myself an inconsistent Italian. I'm, I'm right. all in on on health for a period of time, and then I fall off the wagon. So, ah, yeah. yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Just depends upon the time of year. Phases. Got it. But um, yep. anyway, Kevin outdoors though. That's that's more more healthy, more straight up, and yep. he's a YouTuber. He was on our show a year ago. Let's get to it. So without further ado, here is Kevin Outdoors. All right, I am here with Kevin Outdoors. Kevin, how's it going today? I'm great, Carl. How are you? I am excellent. Just very excited to have you on, the sh- on our show. Uh, you are on a little over a year ago, and I don't know if I shared this with you, but you you let your, your folks, your crew, know that you were on our podcast, and as a result, it ended up being one of our most popular episodes of our last season. Did you know that? I did not know that. Great. Fantastic. We not only appreciate the content, but we appreciate you sharing that with your folks. So so thank you for that. And um, yeah, so one of the things we talked about last time before we jump in is that you, one of your more famous videos you've made on YouTube had to do with the beaver dam. Do you have any beaver updates for us? <laughs> the, the, the beavers are gone, unfortunately. We, uh, They're gone. They started, okay. uh, they started flooding my neighbor's property and we had... Uh, had some complaints and we had to call a trapper. We we uh, we survived for four years of finding a middle ground with the beavers, but eventually we had to uh, say goodbye to them. Basically, you sent the beavers to your neighbor's place and then they caused a problem there. Is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> if I if I had that kind of power, <laughs> you know, I would wield it irresponsibly. That's for sure. Okay. Um, did I ever tell you that as kind of a side hustle, I got a garage selling thing I do during the summertime and I bought. A taxidermied beaver? Did I share that last time? I forget. No. So I bought one at a garage sale. Some guy had like accidentally killed a beaver by hitting it with his car. And then I guess he'd seen it before in this area and felt really bad. So he had it stuffed and taxidermied. And so, and then he'd had it long enough. And so he sold it at a garage sale. And then I ended up passing it on to like a, a fire department in Aspen, Colorado, who now displays it. And so just weird beaver connection there. There you go. Anyway, <laughs> enough about beavers. All right. So your YouTube channel features i mean you're it's definitely like featuring meal recipes and making dehydrated food but you really hit a range of topics just kind of cycling through some of them and just kind of watching all those videos over the last couple years you've hit you know like flashlight reviews how to navigate how to determine like the age of trees uh toboggans bear behavior i mean you've just got a lot of fun information and so, so besides the high quality meals, which one of these topics is one that you're most excited to discuss? Oh, good question. Um, uh, a viewer of mine called it uh, the outdoor variety show, and I, I think it's 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 sort of becoming that. Um, <laughs> okay. It's it's whatever I feel like making a video about that day. Uh, okay. And lately, I've been reaching back to some of uh, you know I, I'm a trained forester. Um, that's what I went to okay. university for. I actually have a master's degree in forestry. What, can I ask, what, what does that mean, a trained forester? I went to school to learn all about uh, how to grow trees and harvest them and and uh, the ecology okay. and, um, you know, how to care for uh, uh, endangered species in, in the wilderness, that kind of thing. Okay, gotcha. Th- through, through forest management planning, right? And so as a result, you're now, I mean, you're obviously coming from a place of expertise as you share these on your YouTube video or videos. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I, I, I think um, one of the things I like to do is uh, 
try and find a niche that no one else is really doing a lot of. So lately I've been doing some of those tree okay. videos. Um, I have to go back to my old textbooks and refresh my memory on, on some of the, the themes, but, uh, cause it's been a long time, but, uh, those are kind of fun. Um, okay. I just did one about tree sex. It was called uh, tree sex. It's about wind pollination of aspen and birch. And, uh, it's kind of funny. I, sometimes I lose viewers, um, subscribers when I do that, but, uh, I think um, I think I get a whole lot more out of it. So people that would watch that particular video, would they be able to walk through a forest and I don't know what you know, whatever trees you're featuring, would they be able to say, "Oh, hey, that's that's a male tree, that's a female tree," as they're walking by? That's an interesting question. Um, and in the video, I explain how uh, birch are both male and female all the time. Okay. Um, so the, the tree is uh, what, what we call monoecious. It's it's uh, both sexual parts are in the same individual. Um, okay. And but a poplar tree or an aspen, I should say, is uh, very very different. Most of the time, the trees are male. Okay. And every once in a while, one of them decides I'm going to be female for a year. Okay. And you can actually tell. You can look at a hillside um, in the very early spring. You'll see a bunch of green. Once the leaves start popping, you'll see a bunch of green. But you'll often see the occasional tree that hasn't put its leaves out yet, right. and those will be the females because they're putting all their energy to the female parts, okay. trying to get trying to get pollinated. So we have an aspen tree in our backyard. So either it's a female tree or it's dead. Basically, I think is at the point at this point. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, by now it should have its leaves. <laughs> so, you, like what you just said there, brought memories of Jurassic Park. Life finds a way. Is that? Do you think that the aspen trees were like the inspiration behind, you know, the whole male female thing where life found a way and the you know the dinosaurs were able to roam around? Ah, I didn't I didn't take it that far, but could be. Okay. Um, I it's it's a piece of the information that you know what most people can live without, but I think if you're out in the forest uh, trying to appreciate nature and you remember that fact, um, and you see that, you might go, hey, that's pretty cool. Right. For sure. For sure. So this I'm gonna take this down a different road. That might be a rabbit hole, but that's okay. Do you, have you ever watched the TV show uh, The Curse of Oak Island? I have. Okay. Th- so a lot of what they do is they're trying to, you know, they're, they're trying to find a treasure, but in the process, they're digging up a lot of old stuff. And a lot of what they're digging up is wood, whether it's, you know, cut wood or logs or this and that. And then they try to date the wood to determine, you know, how old that structure is. And so is that something you would be able to do? Uh, no, but uh, I don't have any training in that. But folks uh, do go a little bit farther. Um, sometimes with a forestry degree, okay. they, they get into that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, there's fascinating okay. uh, uh, research being done with uh, old wood and, uh, you know, trying to do some, uh, it's called dendrochronology, where they try and uh, take the growth patterns of current trees and then trees that were dead recently and then go back in time with samples of wood from furniture or mm. picture frames or whatever they can find and um they study the growth patterns and, and try and link that to climate change and all that kind of stuff okay wow side question if you i don't know how many episodes you've seen but do you think there's really buried treasure on oak island <laughs> no <laughs> you don't okay that's not i'm glad those guys have a tv show um, yeah you know what? It's a. I, I I was told about Oak Island uh, when I was in elementary school. My teacher oh, yeah. used it as an example, and uh, the, the whole pirate uh, treasure cache uh, concept. And yeah, it's it's interesting stuff. I think if they dig that whole island right. up, they're not going to find anything. Who who would who would leave gold and 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 just walk away? Right? 
um, you're going to go back for it. Now, maybe you're shipping. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the hope is if you go back for it, right? And the, and the hope for us is modern day, you know, our, our fantasy of finding the buried treasure is that the people were planning to come back for it and they just never made it back. But yeah. And it makes an awesome story. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. My parents bought me this set of books. It was like, you know, probably a subscription service where I got a new book each month or something. And it was all on the, the weird stuff. So it had, you know, here's a Bigfoot book. Here's a here's a book on UFOs. And, and one of them was on Oak Island. And so when they came up with the show, I was really interested. And then for years, like nothing happened on the show. They, they found like one little thing and they made a big deal about it. But um, but it's a clean, like good show. So we watch it every once in a while. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. And it's it makes a good story and it it gets people interested in history. And for sure, it 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 does do that. There's a lot of history in that show. You're right. Yeah. As the crow flies, how far away are you? Like approximately from that area? Oh, I oh uh, well. We were down very close to there a few years ago with the kids. Uh, it's about a three-day drive. Okay. Okay. It's still kind of far then. Yeah. So just kind of checking with some of the, the information you have with some of your videos. I'm always intrigued by the bear stuff. And one thing that came up on a previous episode was, you know, you got a bear charging at you. You got your bear spray ready and you're about to discharge the bear spray. Do you say anything to the bear? Do you have like a one-liner you would say, which could be, you know, like your your kind of hero one-liner, or it could be your, your final words, depending on how things go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would, I, I, I kind of want to say this at full volume, but I think I might pop the speaker. I say, ho, bear. Okay. And um, I, I, it's just what comes out of my mouth when I see a bear. Okay. So you're not using any bear puns like... <laughs> Like this is unbearable, <laughs> or, or or this is my bare necessity, and then like release a spray. I don't know. I, I tell people to say whatever comes out of your mouth uh, because the bear doesn't speak English, um, okay. and just just make some noise. Um, if you if the bear's not charging, make some noise to communicate so that it knows where you are and it hears you and understands you and knows you're not afraid. Right. Maybe maybe it knows you're afraid, um, but uh, if it charges at you, make a lot of noise. And, okay. um, yeah. So the one liner is good. And, and I know it's obviously not going to comprehend what you're saying. It's more just, you know, for yourself to make you feel slightly cool, even for half a second. <laughs> cause, cause really, you know, in real life, we don't have those hero moments too often. And that's probably not one you're after anyway. But, um, have you, I forget if I asked you, have you discharged your, your bear spray towards a bear before? I have not. Okay. I'm lucky that way. I know, uh, yeah. I know people that have, yeah. My buddy Todd, who I, who, who's in, uh, some of my videos, he's, He's discharged spray and, and had to go uh, for a swim. And I know another guy who uh, discharged because I work in natural resources. I know I know people who are out frequently, right? Right, right, right. And by themselves, probably right. Yeah, by themselves often. That was my yeah. buddy Todd's experience. And a, another friend of mine, Rob, um, he discharged two cans of spray on the same bear. So uh, it's good to have a but backup. He, whoa, whoa, wait, wait. He chart. He, so he emptied the can. The bear didn't go away and then he emptied another can yeah yeah so he was uh quite a distance away from his truck he was working deep okay. in the forest and uh had a bear encounter discharged some spray it worked like it's supposed to um he yeah. got away but the bear followed him and he had had to use it again i get i guess i my thought was that if can works then it's a deterrent like the bear doesn't want to have the pepper stuff in their face and in their eyes and stuff so it would just like stay away from the person who's spraying it but this bear obviously was not afraid to do that to go back get more it wasn't afraid maybe maybe hunger took over i don't know Ooh, okay yeah that's, that's not yeah. what you want okay but i'm gl <laughs> glad he was okay and he had a second can of bear spray yeah i guess when i think of going into bear country 
I think of, you know, I might have a can, my buddy might have a can, but I don't think of having multiple cans on myself. Yeah, and if, if you're if you're with somebody else, that's great. Um, if you're alone, it's it's a good idea to have an extra can. It can be in the bottom of your pack. That that second one doesn't have to be handy because you will have right. time to get it. Yeah, it's it's good if you're alone. If you're if you're going out in the bush mm-hmm. all the time in the forest like this guy was, um, it's good to have right. two cans. And one thing that I've learned just from experience is, is obviously, well, I don't go alone as much, but if if I'm in a group, I try to stay in at least a group of four uh, at all times. Just if I'm in kind of heavy grizzly country specifically and so we're going wind rivers next month which has bears grizzly bears i'm not sure what the population is not not as high a population as we as we saw in glacier but we're gonna be prepared for sure so yeah group groups of four or more are rarely attacked yeah right yeah and glacier yeah Glacier National Park, they've never had a bear attack in a group of four or more so yeah i think it's more when you're you know wandering off to go to the bathroom or something but um Okay, so last time you were on, you mentioned that you'd been working on a book, a you know book full of a cookbook, I guess, full of recipes for for back, people that are looking to make you know backcountry food, and and then I was kind of perusing Facebook a week or two ago, and I saw that it is out. Yeah, tell us about your new book. I couldn't be more excited. Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a while. It's been uh, a lot of work. Oh, I bet it's finally out. It's called Backcountry Eats. And uh, the subtitle is Making Great Dehydrated Meals for Backcountry Adventures. Um, okay. I think that pretty much sums up the whole book. But it's got uh, it's got recipes, as you say. But the whole front section, the first uh, 100 or so pages, is all about how to select a dehydrator, how to dehydrate individual ingredients, um, how, to, how to dehydrate interesting things like fish mm. and yogurt. And, uh, yogurt, okay. Yeah, how to make clarified butter, stuff like that. I, I tried okay. to do a little deeper dive than uh, some of the other books that I have. Um, and it also talks a lot about planning okay. and, you know, selecting ingredients from a grocery store. Even, even if you don't want to dehydrate your own, you can uh, you can select quite a few ingredients from a grocery store and make a pretty good meal. One of the things you mentioned was, yeah, selecting the right dehydrator. So I, yeah, I, as I mentioned before, I'm a garage seller. So I was just, I just got an expensive one that I found at a garage sale. So that's probably not the best strategy, I take it. Well, uh, if it works, why not? If it works, that it does work. <laughs> I plug it there in and away it goes. <laughs> so there's a lot of good information on the front end. What In terms of just like, you know, number of, of different meals you have, and like do you have a kind of a ballpark how many meals you had included in the back end? Yeah, there's over 100. Um, over 100, okay. Yeah, I've counted them, okay. over 100. Uh, is butter chicken in the back end? Butter chicken is in there. Um, okay. I'm flipping through it. Pasta primavera, pasta carbonara, mm. soba noodles, uh, which is, I have a video on. Lasagna, which I have a video on. Ooh, lasagna! I, yeah. I got to do lasagna. Okay. Yeah, you'll you'll make some friends if you uh, serve lasagna on a <laughs> on a trip. <laughs> right. So one thing. Okay, here's one thing that I just thought of is is I did. So you inspired me to make some for last summer, and so I brought. Oh, what did I make? I think I brought the butter chicken, and. The butter chicken is very fragrant. Okay. Uh, do you double bag or double Ziploc? I don't know if you have this issue, but do you double Ziploc your your meals or how do you store them? Um, I typically just put them in a Ziploc bag. Okay. Um, and that will that will keep for you know a week long trip. Like I like I smelled like butter chicken as I was hiking. Yeah. So you might wanna you might wanna vacuum seal that and seal it right up. Okay, is that what you do? Uh, if I'm going for longer, yeah, I'll I'll uh, vacuum seal them. I might even throw okay. a desiccant pack in to uh, keep it nice okay. and dry. Is a desiccant pack one of those like oxygen absorber pack things? 
Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. So if you had to, I guess, I don't know, when, when you're telling folks about your book, if you're trying to sell them on your book, what's kind of like your tagline or, 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 or who is this for or what, what's, what's your customer base for this book? I think the main reason to buy the book is to help you get into the backcountry. If, if you're someone who's um, a front country camper, you do overnight trips, you bring fresh food, uh, that'll do you for one or two nights, maybe three. Mm-hmm. As you get into longer trips, four, five, six, a week, two weeks, you really need to, to dehydrate your food or, or buy freeze-dried food. Um, right. Just because you're going to have too much bulk and too much weight, so this right. this book should help those folks do that as well. The meals are pretty high end. Um, there's a, there's a mixture. There's some pretty simple ones too, but uh, okay. in general they're kind of high end. They're they're really tasty and um, they'll really perk you up um, on a rainy day uh, in the backcountry. Absolutely, yeah. No, I agree with that. So as a author, do you? I mean, does this give you like a new title? Are you a wilderness chef or some sort of adventure food maker? Like how? <laughs> I don't okay. know. I don't know. The book came out. It's been in my hands for three days now. Right. And um, I, I don't know what, what title I should accept. I, I like author. That's good. Okay. I mean, author's good. I was just thinking like something prestigious related to, you know, the backcountry. Forester chef? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Jack of all trades. And, and and cranked and cranked out one book, yeah. <laughs> if so, you're planning the epic cornerstone trip of your life. Where would that be, and what would be like your top three meal choices that you'd have featured in this book? Really good question. You made me think about that. There's certainly some uh, long trails that I could rhyme off that that everybody would agree with. Yeah, that's 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 a epic trip. There's another uh, Canadian author uh, who does mm-hmm. a lot of canoe tripping. His name is Kevin Callan. And we've been talking about doing a trip together. And just in passing, he said, how would you like okay. to circumnavigate Lake Nipigon? Now, <laughs> okay. you guys might not know where Lake Nipigon is. No, but it's got a fun name, though. It's got a fun name. It's north yeah. of Lake Superior. It's that on a map of North America, you'll see it. It's a big round lake north okay. of Lake Superior. Okay. When you say big round lake, how? so what's the circumference-ish? I measured it and I figured it would be a, 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 at least a three week trip. So, you, and you're just you're skirting the edge of the coast, um, and just going like clockwise or counterclockwise around the circle. Is that what you're thinking? That's that's the gist. But there's some great islands on this lake, okay. um, and there's some great places to stop around the circumference. But there's also some great islands. There's some fantastic fishing. There's uh, woodland caribou living out on the islands. Mm. So it could be a really really interesting trip. And would this be like an August type trip? July? What are you thinking? Ah, uh, July or August, probably when the water's a little bit warmer, just in case we go in. Um, right. And uh, yeah, it's a big lake, so the wind could be a an issue. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, we're th- it, it, it's just been kicked around, and I thought it, it's something that's really caught my attention. Okay, that sounds epic. So north of okay, north of Lake Superior, that's that's gotta be pretty pretty cold water up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a spring trip. <laughs> Yeah, 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 for sure. Probably big, big canoes with spray decks. And what would be the the three meal choices? Like, obviously, this would be more than three. But if you're like, I gotta have these three as part of this journey, what would you choose? We we talked about some of them. Um, butter chicken, like that's that's really popular. Mm-hmm. Soba noodles. Um, okay. And lasagna. Those are three. Give me a lot of diversity. Um, really fill me up and make me feel good. All right. So, and then moving forward, what? What can our fellow adventurers out there expect from your YouTube channel? Sounds like you're going to continue to diversify with various videos. Do you have anything planned upcoming? Uh, I'm planning some trips, so probably some trip videos coming up. Um, okay. 
nothing is in the hopper uh, right now in terms of, uh, you know, videos from around home. I, I certainly want to do more about the book and promote the book. I've, I've got one video up about that, which explains more in detail what's in the book and, and how to go buy it. And I might do another one like that. And I, I'll probably do some videos about the experience of writing and what it's like as a self-published author. It's a bit of a, there's a bit mm-hmm. of a story there and some, some lessons learned um, that I think people might be interested in hearing about. I don't even know this, this is question, but are there a lot of, of videos, like kind of almost like how-to videos to be to become published as an author and to put your book out there? There could be. I haven't. I haven't looked. Okay. <laughs> and maybe, and maybe your angle is just with the adventure industry, right? So somebody who's writing more of like a autobiographical narrative or something that you know, some sort of expertise they're sharing with the world. I don't know. Yeah, and and just the, I, I think there's a lot to be said about how to put something like this together, and and. Um, you know, you sort of start the project not knowing how it's going to finish, right? Both in terms of the what it looks like and the content, but also, you know, where am I going with this in, in terms of marketing? That marketing is not your thought on day one. Um, the the right. arrangement of uh, photo, photographs in the book um, is pretty important, but it's not your thought on right. day one. So, so some of those kind of things, almost like a sequential way to kind of yeah start producing something. So, okay. So I, so most important part here. So how do we get a hold of, the, of, of your book? What, where is this found? Um, I've got a website. It's called okay. backcountryeats.com. Um, there's a hyphen okay. between backcountry and eats. Uh, right. and, and you can find a lot of information about the book um, there. I've got a few food videos and uh, there's some links to where you can buy it either from the publisher or from uh, amazon.com or amazon.ca. It's also available in other countries as well. It's in Barnes and Noble now, and it's probably going to make its way into bookstores as we uh, as we proceed here. It's in Barnes and Noble already. Uh, it's not on the shelves, but it's on their website. Wow. Okay. Impressive. Yeah. We'll put that also. We'll put links in our show description so people can just click right on that on their phone or wherever they're listening or however they're listening, and they can check that out. And yeah, we talked about cool. you know with. I think this is going to be this episode's going to be out after Father's Day. We talked about how with Father's Day, some of us, you know, especially with Amazon, we end up buying our own gifts. Like Amazon's really just buying gifts for yourself. And so, <laughs> um, it's around Father's Day. If it's, in, if it's in range, this could be something up people's alley. So, Kevin, my friend, this is always a pleasure to have you right on. on. Yeah, and um, really excited for your book. And um, yeah, I'm going to get a hold of one and and check it out and apply the learning as I've already been doing with, with a lot of the stuff you put out there. So, so thank you for all the time you put into your YouTube channel and putting the book out there. And again, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Carl. It's a pleasure. So before we jump into our, uh, interview review, I did forget to mention the, the, uh, Bible verse of the episode, Matthew six eleven. give us this day, Ooh. our daily bread. Do you think we take for granted all of our amazing food options. Uh, oh, for sure we do. Um, do okay. you? I always wonder if that verse, uh, you know, if that bread. Uh, what was it? Uh, the Moses, not Moses. Um, yeah, Moses story. When they're when they're in the desert, and it's like you know, man is raining down from heaven. I always wondered, you know, in, in today's world, you know, did that bread have like gluten? And <laughs> people have been gluten intolerant. Maybe that's why they got so grumpy. I bet it know? didn't have gluten, but and just. I don't you know. know. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. These are the things I think about. I and did, why. yeah, did the uh, Israelites have celiac disease when they were out there? So <laughs> that's where it or, all began, I think. Or that's, pretend to. 
Oh, right. We're pretending. That's where <laughs> hypochondria started, guys. I don't know if you knew that. So that's all. That's all the rabbit hole is. How many people really have this disease? And yeah, do you have to say that you have celiac, or can you just simply say I prefer to go gluten free? I think you have to say a celiac. Is okay, because mathematically, the people that I work with, there's no way there's that many people that have it. I think people just want sympathy, and they don't know how to get it unless they talk okay. about celiac so we're offending people right now i can tell i can already i can feel anger i like, i really do have it i'll do no but in a, on a serious note i have two friends that do have that and uh, yeah they like if they eat you know something they're not supposed to it's like potential hospital visit so yeah it's, it's yeah, pretty yeah. gnarly actually yeah there's definitely different levels of reactions people have so not we're not trying to minimize that we're just minimizing people that are using that as an excuse to go gluten-free so there you go yeah True. Uh, speaking of gluten, I, th- I bet there's some gluten involved in some of the food stuff that we just talked about with Ke- or that I talked about with Kevin. So yeah, yeah. What, what reactions do you have for the uh, yeah to anything from the interview? Um, I mean, I want to know if you're mani- m- m- what's the word he used? Manacious, manacious, and um, mm. you know, just the the whole tree sex thing was very. Uh, I I, didn't, I would have never even thought of that stuff until he mentioned it. Uh, very interesting. Right interesting topic actually that trees can do that and like i'm gonna be this way i'm gonna be that way it's phenomenal like what nature will do to adjust to you know the surroundings and like survival and things like that so did you like as he's talking about that did you make that same connection i made with the jurassic park thing yeah kind of yeah i I, it it crossed my mind for sure and then and then he kind of what was he he started and then he bled into um dendrochronology or dendrochronology about you know the age of trees and wood and all that and then i got i got kind of sidetracked but um right yeah i always i find that stuff interesting i really find that like okay. interesting stuff so i i enjoyed that a lot um i think there is though i think there is treasure on oak island i think there's something in there yeah i don't think i did a good job explaining that well enough during the interview i just kind of assumed that people like knew what that was like what is oak island it's it's like a tv show about um it's been on for a while now like two what how many seasons two or three no something it's like, like six or seven dude oh, was it six yeah. or seven okay I haven't watched them all, but, um, you know, about this island where there's just mysterious stuff and maybe there's treasure there. And I don't know. I mean, it's probably a lot of hoopla, but I, I like to think that there's something somewhere on there. But It's off the east coast of Canada. And yeah. it's, it's a pretty big island, too. Yeah. There's like this weird thing where somebody a couple hundred years ago um, started digging a hole and found these, you know, wooden planks just buried randomly on this island and just kept on digging down and then got to this yeah. level where it was like 10 feet below treasures, I don't know, like 100 pounds of gold is buried. And then he triggered some sort of like shaft that flooded the tunnel and people have been basically searching for this gold ever since. But because of these like flood tunnels, these booby trap tunnels, people can't get down deep enough. They can't find it. So now the show's like all this modern technology. They're trying to figure out all sorts of different stuff, and they're finding various things on the island. And there's a lot of interesting stuff, and there's definitely some, you know, like lore and things, and people have different theories about the Knights Templar bringing the treasure there and just various groups. But, so wait, here's, here's my question about that, though, yeah. is here you have this booby-trapped tunnels, and they know where the tunnels are, right? So they that- No, no. Well, I think they're now... Tr- that, like so many people have dug tunnels to find them that there's just like it's just a dug oh, up the island. So they're trying to find where the actual tunnels are. I don't know where they are in the process. So I, I find that interesting though, because when you have all this technology now, and you're telling me like some some guy like hundreds of years ago created a booby trap tunnel that is just it's impossible to find. Right. Anything, which is interesting to me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I, I agree. I agree. You'd think it it would be easier than it is. Does it does it fall into the category of like 
you know, the, the people who say they found Sasquatch, but then they don't really. No, it does. It does. People yeah. think that, that it's a hoax, that it's yeah. just a myth. And that's what, I, that's what I shared was that I got these series of books as a kid. And that, that was kind of all in the same category of stuff. It's so fun, though. I mean, it's so fun. I yeah. think I, I watched an episode. This is a side note, kind of a side note. But like I watched an episode about Loch Ness and they they, they, they spread out a bunch of boats across the lake. They use sonar. And then. So, you know, of course, it's very intriguing. You're like, oh, my gosh, like, what are they going right. to find down in this lake? And, you know, and I think that the results were like, well, it didn't look like there was anything there, but there was this one section that was super deep <laughs> that we just couldn't get right. to. And I'm like, come on. Like, they have to do that. It's like they have yeah, to Yeah, they got to leave you hanging they a little can't. bit. They got to build For up sure. the suspense. So all that all that folklore stuff is fine. So it was – I found it fun that he was he – was, Although he was very much like, you know, there's nothing there. I, he's he's sold on that. So you think idea, he's a stick in the mud is what you're saying? I, I like to I like to lean into that stuff a little bit more. I think it's kind of fun to think that there could. You do. Well, you, you've naysayed the Sasquatch, and then you've been trying to promote Loch Ness Monster ever since. And so it's just, you're very inconsistent. <laughs> not promote Loch Ness. <laughs> but we're talking about buried treasure. I'm on board. I'm on board. I know. It's, it's a popular topic for sure. And that's why this episode is the Backpacking Variety Show, because we're covering all sorts of topics and reacting to, all kinds, to yeah. what was said. All right, anything, any other takeaways from the interview? Those are kind of the main ones. Okay. I mean, I, I, I did find his, um, you know, when he was talking about his, his Backpacking Eats cooking book. Yeah. You know, my, my first question was, like, could Carl actually do this to improve his diet? Mm. Uh, but then, then I thought, you know, you try to dehydrate your food once. Would you, or is this something you're going to continue to do? Oh, yeah. Or, or are you kind of... I mean, the, the, oh, the efficient gonna, way to do it is to make multiple... You know, to do a, a bigger quantity of something and then make so you have multiple yeah, yeah. things. And so I still have one that I'm gonna bring. But as I mentioned, like I was the last time I brought it was last year, and I was I was smelling like some butter chicken that you know that Indian dish. And so yeah, I don't think you want to be smelling it like your food, right? So I, don't, I gotta no, no, no. But it's not too much work for the the end result for you. No, 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 no. It's like, and you, it's you don't and, mind and, oh my gosh, have you seen how much the dehydrated meals are costing now? Like. For for non fancy yeah, meals, it's like ten plus, and even and for for decent ones, it's like you're talking yep. fourteen, fifteen bucks. So it's way yep. inexpensive, even with the purchase of the dehydrator. So that's why I'm thinking on those lines. Yeah, I'm gonna feel. I think I'm actually going tomorrow to get some food for Ooh, our next okay. trip, and um, so I'm gonna actually gonna meet a, a buddy. I was talking about him a couple episodes ago. His name's Will, and we're gonna do some some backpack okay. shopping for him, but. Yeah, I'm gonna look for these some freeze dried meals, but it's it's tough because they are. They just I just remember them being like seven eight bucks, six yeah. seven eight. Well, bucks, they, yeah, you know? when I started, they were way cheaper, and now we sound like yeah. old folk. Like back in my yeah. day, this candy bar cost a nickel. But you know what? While if you're gonna go to REI while you're there, why don't you bring our backpacking blisters business card? and give one give one to the uh the guy write my email or phone number on the back and uh-huh. and uh give it to george and yeah. let's see if we can set some up for the podcast uh, george george is who who's george i don't know whatever his name i don't know you know you... oh another thing too i i was talking to somebody on the phone today and um they're they're in charge of this certain uh company for my kids and they're like you know do you, you have an interesting voice. Do you do like radio or TV or anything like that? And I said, what? <laughs> I said, she said, and I don't know this lady. Maybe talk to her four times. She's like, I could just listen to your voice for hours. <laughs> and I said, well, I don't know if you're trying to flatter me, but it's working. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but I said, actually do a podcast. And she's like, 
And I told her what it was, and she's like, oh, everybody who works here just loves backpacking and outdoors. I'm going to tell them all about it. I said, that'd be great. So <laughs> thank you very much. That's hilarious. Soothing sounds. That is funny. Somebody that could listen to your voice hours. For hours. Um, yeah. I must have clearly affected her in some positive ways. Yeah. So. Somebody doesn't mind like the screechy nasally combo. That's that's pretty cool. I guess it's endearing. I don't know. It's better than the uh, throaty, <laughs> annoying tone that you give off. But either way, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so really nice. That's, <laughs> it was really yeah. Nice. And again, this is why this episode is a backpacking variety show. Derek uh, promoting himself and his voice. Nice. Last hobby that we, had, that we had for the interview about the bears was, um, yeah, kind of, you know, talking about bear spray, you know, bear behavior, appropriate behavior around bears. Like, for me, I can never get enough of that stuff. And Appropriate behavior around bears. Do you feel like you fall into that category? Probably not, but I, did, I was listening to a radio show after this interview happened, and this guy was, I think he's a hunter, and he was talking about how you know, he's hunted bears. And so he's trying to lure bears. I don't know. I don't know what hunting bears looks like, but he basically had a bear come up and sniff his tent. And so he's all about like, you got to attack the nose of the bear. And so as the bear Mm -hmm. sniffing his tent, he just punches the bear in the nose through the tent (laughs) and the bear goes away. That's uh, bold. That is very bold. Would you just lie still? No. Well, I mean, I don't know. It depends, like, if I have the opportunity to do something like that. I think I go hand-in-hand hand with that, like, with the, like with sharks, right? They say, like, punch the shark in the eye or punch the shark in the, okay. in the nose and it'll... And they and they showed it where it actually kind of helps out. But the bear, I mean, you. what if you miss the nose? I mean, like, what are you are you going to anger the thing? He's going to get angry at you? I don't know. That's a tough one. If, you, if I'm in the tent, obviously, obviously, as we all know, if you're in the tent, you're invulnerable to any kind of danger, obviously, right? Because it's impenetrable. So, no, I don't know. I think. Um, <laughs> Wait, so your question is, what if I miss the what nose? What if I miss the nose? Do you, uh, do you live your life this way? Just like in fear of failure? Like <laughs> I could do this. I do a podcast with you. I could I make guess. it. I could make a hero move or, <laughs> hero. but no, I don't want to risk this because what am I'm I not miss? saying that. I'm saying, I, I'm saying it would. Are you always second guessing yourself? With you, yes, um, I have to because okay. you're. <laughs> I'm under the microscope constantly. Uh, no, I, I don't know. I think I would either probably. I think I would lean more towards like making a ton of noise than hitting the bear in the face. Would you open the tent and then get out with like angry Derek voice? What's going on out Who here? Who goes there? Uh, yeah, I'd throw, probably throw out a good strong like pirate accent and then maybe throw some of your drink mix in his face. I imagine that would probably do the trick. <laughs> Pirate accent. <laughs> drink this drink mix. As the deer in Glacier National Park were dragging our backpacks out from under the vestibule, mm. I remember you looking at me and then cowering and saying, you know, what do we do? And so I don't I don't I don't I, I, I gotta be honest, I actually thought you were gonna say as the deer panteth for right. the water. As right. the, but no, that was a little cheesy. Yeah. Uh no, I think I wasn't I clinging to you for dear life. Pro- for was dear that? life. Nice. Get it? <laughs> uh, I anyway. I just thought that so so his anyway. Getting up back to the interview, the guy that was sharing about yeah. you know what to do with the bears, he had an interesting take on bear spray. He says that bear spray is going to anger the bear, and the bear is likely to come back, which is kind of what Kevin Outdoors was describing with his buddy. So really, bear spray is not an effective tool unless you have multiple cans. But how? Okay, here's my question on that. How much? I mean, how much information or how much like hands-on knowledge do you have of the bear coming back? Well, he, he had a lot of experiences. What he was sharing, 
I don't have that experience. The hunter. Yeah. This is the yeah, hunter. Yeah, not me. I'm just, okay. I'm, just, I'm just passing information along. I'm not saying it's okay. right or wrong. I want to shoot the messenger right now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> do you? No, I'm just kidding. So he's saying the bear will come back. Does it, how long does the bear spray last for? Is it, theoretically, isn't it like, is it like 45 minutes, a couple hours? What is it again? That's what, what I don't la- remember. What do you mean? Like, does it spray for that long or does it? No, no, no. Like once it's on you or you inhale oh. it, like how is that? It, is it I don't know. Burning? That's a good question. Probably. I mean, because, you know, you're supposed to rinse like flushed out with water. And so as humans, we would be doing that. Right. But I'm not sure if the bears going to a stream or how they're handling that. So that it does give you some time. Right. And if you're hiking with a group and, you know, everybody's got a, a can, then that's going to be sufficient. But just I don't know. That's just what he said. And so as a result, he actually doesn't carry bear spray because he doesn't think it's a long-term effective solution. So I don't know that I would go huh. that far, but that's just what he was saying. So, so what does he, what does he carry then? A gun? Yeah. Yeah. He's okay. a hunter. I think what he needs to do is, here's my advice, is get three friends, groups of four or more, and just yell, hey, bear. Right. Where you go. Problem solved. And then you don't solved. worry about it. Yeah. Problem solved. So kind of fun. We covered, you know, we covered backcountry food at its finest. We covered just tree gender I guess and a lot of topics. A lot of topics. Oak Island, topics. bear stuff. Dendrology. Yeah. So Dendrology. Yeah. Something like that. And and I kinda like that. I kinda um, like hitting lots of topics. That's kind of, you know, replicating actual conversations you might have on the trail. He's just kind of a he's yeah, he's kind of just like a cornucopia <laughs> of backpacking knowledge. <laughs> right. That make, Which know. makes this upcoming trivia that you have potentially very interesting. Yeah. So I'm curious what you came up with of that. Giddy up. It's coming up right after this. Okay, man, I got some trivia for you. I call this the rando trivia. Uh, in okay. sticking in th- Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings for just about everything for shooting hunting and the outdoors check out midwayusa.com the 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history designed by john browning the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the u.s military from 1911 to 1985 while colt produced the original almost every major firearm company has produced its own version it's wildly revered for its reliability crisp trigger and is still a favorite for all types of shooters Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Theme with our uh, episode of just pure randomness. Um, and whoever's still listening, thanks for uh, shuffling through this uh, craziness with us. Um, okay, I got three questions for you. It's a variety show, man. It's supposed to be crazy. I know. That's what's yeah. great about it. Yeah. Uh, number one. Um, Hiking was considered and ranked as the fourth most popular outdoor activity that there is in America. Uh, mm. What name? Name two of the others that are better or more popular than hiking for outdoor activities. Correct. Okay, because definitely watching, like binge watching shows, people are 
doing that. Netflix. Yeah. Well, they, what if what if you Netflix outside? Does that count? Mm, I don't think no. that counts. That's not on the yeah. list. Well, yeah, it's not on the list anyway. Okay. I'm gonna go with running. Mm, number one. Nice. As an outdoor activity, mm. and what's another one? Like does walking count? Like is walking? Walk, walking is, counts. Is, yeah. I mean, okay. So walking separate from hiking. I would. I would think walking so. the dog. Yeah. I don't know. Is it you going walking? Walking slash walking the dog. That is incorrect. Okay, I'm gonna say one. disc golf. Um, disc. <laughs> uh, badminton. Badminton. Racquetball. Ooh, racquetball. Nice. Indoor, outdoor sports, I'm assuming. Um, <laughs> okay, what is no, it? No, yeah, there was run is number one, and fishing was number two. Okay. And biking is number three. Yeah, I should have gotten biking. Okay. But I imagine walking's got to be like five or six. That was, that was, that was Kudos to the question. I like that question. So O for one. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but good question. I like that one. I do what I can. Okay, number two. How is hiking good for your bones? Mm, I think what? that an issue that cyclists have is with bone. I think it's called bone density issues because Ooh. they're not impacting their their mm. bones enough, mm-hmm. building up the strength of their bones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so when you walk or run, that is not like that's something you actually do for your bones is build the bone density. That is spot on, my friend. Thank well you. done. Yeah, uh, bone density. They you know after, as as some of you may or may not know. After, you know, 40 years old, your bone density starts to decrease. So mm. hiking, walking, backpacking is great for your bone density because, you are you know, you're putting that impact on your bones and it can help maintain bone density quite a bit longer. So get off the bike and get on the trails. No, biking is good, too. It's good to cross train. You just don't, if you do that 100% of the time, you might have an issue. Yeah, if you want to be old and frail, keep on the bike. That's what I'm <laughs> taking away. No, I'm kidding. Biking's okay. awesome. Um Okay, number three. Uh, in America, we have a lot of trails, Carl. There's a lot of trails. How many miles of trails are there <laughs> in America? Are there 5,000 miles of trails? Are there 12,000 miles of trails? Or are there over 18,000 miles of trails? Oh, I, like, I thought you were not going to make this multiple choice. I was like, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm not that mean. <laughs> You've asked similar questions. Dude, you, a couple times ago, you asked about Australia. How many miles are the Australian Alps? Like, how, <laughs> how's your question? No choices. You've got to be within, like, 3.2 miles of it to get it. You're correct. supposed to know everything outdoors. Okay. Over 18,000 miles. Incorrect. I knew you'd fall for that because it was 18. <laughs> I know you, and it is over 12,000 miles of trails. Okay. So between 12 is- and 18. Yeah, something is. Wait a minute, did you did you get the actual answer? Do you know how many miles? The answer was over twelve thousand. Okay, so they're not doing right, it but to over the mile. eighteen. Over eighteen is technically over twelve thousand. So was it between twelve and eighteen, or was you, you it? You got you got it wrong. Is what I'm saying. Okay. You, you got it wrong. I'm it's, gonna look it up right uh, now. It's, <laughs> the answer. <laughs> no, the answer is between twelve and eighteen, and uh, you said eighteen. You think it's over eighteen thousand miles? I think it's like a lot more. I think it's like 80,000 miles. Because uh, I think this the National Scenic Trails by themselves are 12. Yeah, dude. Dude, the Appalachian plus the CDT plus the Pacific Crest Trail, those three equal 12 by themselves. Well, then I guess wherever I got this information is incorrect. I already gave you uh, kudos for a question, and then you end with not even knowing the answer to your own question. This is embarrassing. No, no, I know the, I got you the information and you, you had to go. Reading off of a false website is not knowing the answer. 
A false website. <laughs> uh, look, if you're insecure about getting one out of three, that's a personal issue I can't deal with right now. So um, I am insecure about that, but I'm also right. <laughs> this is your problem. You have to be right. <laughs> There's no counselor that can fix this. I don't. I have to be right when it's actually correct. Listen, you're, listen. You, you, you don't even know I'm, what you're talking about. You think that there's only 12,000, like a little over 12,000 miles of trails when it's just three trails by themselves equal more than that. Don't, don't, don't put it on me. I didn't say there was 12,000 miles. This is your trivia. I'm saying this is what I, this is what the website said. So clearly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, now I got to like, now I feel like. Finding good resources is part of your job. Oh, geez. Now I need to find where I did this because you're going to harass me to the end of time. (laughs) Okay, here we go. America's National Parks. Is that what I said? No, <laughs> no, it's not what you said. Oh, then I okay. That's then I way different. Question. That is so different. <laughs> I have found the error of my ways. Okay. Uh, I misread the question. So yes, you're right. Well, what did the question say? Re- reread the question. What did my question say? How many American? I I, I think I, I I abbreviated and said American trails. This is American National Park trails. So. I okay, that makes I, more sense. that was my mistake. So I miss. So I'm like, right. there's not more than okay. So in the national parks, there are a, a little bit more than twelve thousand miles trail. Which is not. Which I appreciate yes. you owning up to your mistake. But the bigger issue is when it's clearly obvious that you're wrong. Your response to that is not like, oh, wait a second. Your response is, Carl, you got to be right. You just got to be right, Carl. That's your response. Well, no, because I'm I, when I went when you when I'm researching it and reading it, then obviously I know I'm right because I'm like this is it, this is great. But then when I write it down, I um you know I just put America's trails rather than America's yeah. national attention Park to detail, trails. my friend. So that was a small yeah. detail. Wow. And uh, we remedied it because of your guilt. So <laughs> here we are, and um, I'm gonna give you 1.5 out of three, and you still failed. So doesn't matter. I'm proving I'm proving you wrong on your own question. You're like, yeah, you're still. Kind of wrong on that though yeah but you know what you're combative and i like that so <laughs> minus points for being combative and argumentative so that's what we're gonna go with today. oh my oh. gosh that's embarrassing for you um moving Not on really. to some tidbits right. my friend i got a couple tid okay so tid first it. i want to start off with we we have a couple episodes left for sure we pushed our season to end kind of right before our big july trip and so we shifted it which is awesome that's what i was going for and i think we're gonna make it and so the, the finale is coming up, and I have a request from all or some of you folks out there for the, for the finale. I've put this out on some social media and, and on Patreon as well, but we are looking for you to share any of the backpacking problems you have. These could be big problems, serious problems. These could be small problems. These could be silly problems, ridiculous, whatever you got. But we need an MP3 from you. And so if you don't know how to work your phone, like the voice memo app, or are uncomfortable doing so, I can just give you Derek's phone number, and then you can just give you know, him a call and leave a message, and we can make it work that way. Let's talk. Let's, let's yeah. talk. We'll, yeah. any, any awkward weirdness, long pause, we'll edit it out, so don't feel uncomfortable. We'll make it smooth, and we just want to know who you are, where you're from, and what your problem is. Just should be like super simple. And we're going to include it in our finale episode. And Derek will have sage, wise advice. Sage advice. Do you, I mean, do you think that we don't mess up in this episode? Like, you think I have to do this in one take? I mean, I can do it in one take, but look who I'm talking to. We heavily edit. Heavily edit, yeah. Heavily. Heavily. Carl messes up regularly. Correct. Correct. um, As you can imagine. In life and on the podcast. Uh, Yeah. So, 
so, so yeah, so please get this to us as soon as possible. We'll be recording our finale here soon. And so we'd appreciate that. Um, we need a few more to make this happen. So You guys have stories. I want to hear them. We, yeah, we want to hear Send from you. We want you to be included in the show, whether we've clip. heard from you before or not. So We'll make it sound good. Don't yeah. worry. I got, yeah. I got a response. We had uh, Cassie on our show last week. And, you know, we always yeah. like to, to wrap the show with just, you know, reactions to the interview. And um, yeah. she didn't quite write eight pages in, in response, but she had a long, she had a lot of thoughts based on some of the things that you had huh. to say. So oh, really? I'll share, I'm not going to share all of them. I'm going to share a couple okay. of them, but give me a couple. Yeah. One of the things that she said was legit was um, when you were sharing the concern that a lot of the guys were expressing interest and that there might be kind of like, you know, overwhelming number of guys compared to girls on the trips that the, the yeah. girls or the ladies were leading. Um, yeah. She said that that was definitely an issue. Um, she said that knowing that she'd have one of the trip bouncers we talked about would ease her concerns, but she does mm. not know martial arts. Um, but she do does have plans to take full self-defense courses or a full self-defense course this winter. So we weren't far nice. off base there. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. Yep. Um, she had some, some comments on the peasant stuff, but I think the big takeaway here <laughs> was, was that she, she said that I was correct that I did hear some paper shuffling, but mm. she noted that it was much quieter than yours. And she uses regular eight and a half by 11 paper, which you were correct on. But she's mm-hmm. willing to teach you how mm. to keep your paper quiet during recording. Not quiet enough, though, apparently. Uh, quieter? Nice. It's, it was only quieter, because I had to... Yeah, I've moved on to, like, maybe some Post-its, so that's... Uh, oh, did you really? You know. Yeah. What color? Really. Right now, I have blue. Okay, not bad. Possibly green next time. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad, okay. Uh, yeah. Last tidbit is that... The Bible study, the backpacking and blisters Bible study has begun, but if you want to join, please don't be afraid to jump in. Uh, right now we're meeting on Tuesdays in the evening time, depending upon which time zone you're in, but just please reach out. Uh, email is in the show description, and we would love to have you join. So Rock everyone's invited. Rock and roll. That's all I got. That's it for me as well, guys. Thank you a bajillion times for toughing it out with us today. Uh, we enjoyed it. I hope you did too. We will see you next time. And remember, guys, if you need to argue about something, Carl will find a way to make that happen for you. We will see you next time. I want to fly the world. You know, I know, I know. Kevin outdoors was like, I didn't, I haven't, you know, sprayed my bear, sprayed a bear. I said, well, I think I might have. I think I might have. I have a really, really hairy friend, and, uh, you know, I think I, I might have sprayed him with it, and he's coughing a lot. I don't really know. It's nighttime. I thought it was a bear. It's just a really hairy friend. Uh, he said, don't worry about it, you know. Um, you know, I mean, you'll never have to worry about that with Carl because, you know, he doesn't really have any hair. So you don't have to really worry about that with some people. But um, just, you know, mind your P's and Q's and uh, you, you'll be OK. You'll be OK. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.